0: You're listening to a Westpac Wire podcast, westpacwire.com.au. I'm James Thornhill from Westpac Wire, and I'm pleased to say that I'm joined today by Westpac's Chief Technology Officer, David Walker. David has almost four decades of experience in senior roles across the tech and financial services industries, so we're fortunate to have him join us in the studio to share his insights. Great to be here, James. Thanks for the invite. David, you're here to talk about the trends in technology to watch out for in the year ahead, but I know it's also important for you to reflect on the trends of the previous year and what we can learn from those. So perhaps I can start by asking what you see as the most significant trend to have emerged over the past 12 months and any development in tech that perhaps took you by surprise?
1: Ooh, marking homework. Good fun. Um, Yeah, look, I think uh, the thing that I'd call out is generative AI. I think everyone's heard about it and so forth. Probably people didn't know that you know we started working on generative AI three years ago, and so the interesting that happened for me was just how big it went. You know, the it was the media picked up on it. Everyone went to try and write their assignments in it, or uh, you know, pick it up and say, "Can you change things?" So, generative was a really big thrust this year, and you know, pretty pretty uh, surprising how well it went. And I think the thing that but really surprised me not just the the hype turned into quite a lot of real use was just how clever some of these started to become. You know, there's a couple of really good examples that we've been using here at Westpac around desktop tools where you can, um, you know, ask it to help you for, you know, write things for you and things like that. And one of the absolute things was around programming. We we ran an experiment, which we've now rolled out to 800 developers, and uh, we have an AI pair programmer helping our uh, engineers write code. And it's giving them 20 22% additional lines of Code today, which is a fantastic outcome.
0: Now, as you say, it feels like the momentum behind artificial intelligence uh, more broadly is just unstoppable. And you see an opportunity for Australia to become a, a real global leader in terms of the responsible use of AI in industry and government. Can you talk us through that?
1: Yes. Um, all AI should be responsible AI. I want to start saying that right from the get go. Um, but there are two things that I think we here in Australia and uh, and in New Zealand are doing in this is um, one, ourselves. Um, we have a number of AI engineers that are working uh, with some of our AI partners to create these, uh, what we call guardrails. These are the things that sort of steer us along and make sure we don't wander too far. And that's really about making sure that we're keeping everyone safe um, and, and using AI and making sure ethically used and in the right way. The other thing we're doing is we're working with a consortium of both universities and industry partners um, with the uh, view of them creating longer-term experiments which will turn into uh, research work and and hopefully we believe that they can bring that back into industry where we can start using it so very keen to see how that uh, develops.
0: A lot of your uh, your tech trends to watch do focus on AI, um, so are there any other developments that we should be keeping an eye on in the year ahead?
1: Yeah, look, we break it into sort of three categories and I think these are three good ways to think about use cases for AI. Um, the first one is all around um, productivity, so this is making things go faster and smoother. Um, the next category is all around Uh, creating new experiences for people and um, making sure that people have a right, nice seamless interaction with the way that artificial intelligence comes forward. And then the last category is um, developing new products and services. It's gonna open up a whole heap of new things for us to, to do in the longer term. But the most important thing is I see AI technologies will continue to evolve intelligent banking. And that, that's really about how we take uh, what we do in banking and make it really useful for our customers um, and, and that it'll continue to accelerate that.
0: So clearly huge potential in AI, but let me switch text now slightly, David. And one major digital trend we saw in recent years was has been the shift from companies, uh, more of their operations into the cloud to improve efficiency and safety. Uh, But it's not without its drawbacks. And, And you see value in a hybrid approach to computing. Tell us more about that.
1: Yes, uh, yes, James, cloud is very important to us still, no doubt about that, but it's a bit like one size doesn't fit all situations. Um, you know, uh, I, I like to think of it like eating a diet. You know, If we go onto a fad diet, you know, we might lose a bit of weight or we might get this outcome, but you can't stick with that. You can't go all in on one thing. Um, you know, Eating a balanced diet is what most good nutritionists would say is important to do. Not that I'm an expert at it, but I like to think of it from a computing, it's the same thing. We have mainframes, and we have on-premise server farms, and of course new technologies like quantum computing coming along, um, which isn't quite here yet, but, but it's important to create that balance. And that's where hybrid comes in, this idea to pick the best of all those capabilities. But what's most important when it comes to uh, technology of this nature it's that we want to build for flexibility and portability, and, th- and that's what we're looking for, whether it's cloud or mainframe or any of their technologies. Now, spatial computing
0: is something an average Joe like me might describe as wearable technology, but it's actually much more than that, and you expect it to become more widely available to consumers in the year ahead. Can you
1: explain what it is and how it can help us? Sure. If we go back to uh, a prediction from last year, one of the things we talked about was the fact that the metaverse was going to be overhyped and it wouldn't really live up to its uh, its uh, full ambitions, and and that's probably true. It's not to say that the metaverse isn't over or dead, um, but it is to say that it needs things to be right, or or we need things to help uh, access the metaverse. And that's where we see things like uh, spatial computing coming into place. Um, We need a human to digital interface that can be liberating. And, and spatial computing will help uh, get us down that path. So thinking about spatial computing is is wearing something, as you said, it's a wearable, you put it on, and it, it's, uh, it, it changes the way that we interact with uh, computers. Um, ever since the very early days, um, you know, we've had a screen, two-dimensional, whether it's a phone more recently, or a, or a, or a tablet, or a laptop. Um, but we're gonna to start to see that spatial computing is beaming things straight into the lenses of our eyes. You know, we're going to see things uh, you know, through, through, uh, through this method. And I think the, the power of that is it opens up all, a computer on our head, basically, or a computer on our glasses or goggles. And I think that's going to uh, give us new ways of accessing the metaverse. And I think uh, maybe we'll start to see that becoming a reality in the future. Yeah, it's certainly be
0: exciting to see how that develops in the year ahead. Um, but finally, let's um, let's talk about climate change. Um, and I'm, I'm interested to know how optimistic you are uh, that te- technology can provide the means to solve the gro- global climate crisis.
1: Yeah, uh, I've been interested personally in uh, the environment since I was a teenager and I was part of the Clean Up Australia Day campaign. I was the organiser for my local district and so it's been a passion for me for as long as I can remember. And so it's been worrying these last number of years, these last decade or more, when climate scientists have been worrying about the threat. But I think, you know, where we are now is that Um, where we're starting to see things is as new technologies start to come through, particularly um, uh, these advances in in technologies that will uh, tackle climate change and and the ability for us to adopt them is starting to accelerate. And so what it means is we're going to be able to bend the climate curve pretty much in our favour as we start to um, accelerate. So I've, I've sort of moved from the you know, the pessimist camp to being a little bit more optimistic as we start to see some of these new technologies uh, give us access to cheaper power, cheaper cooling, cheaper and faster efficiency and processing. And we should hopefully, uh, fingers crossed, get ourselves out of trouble. Well, it's good to
0: end on an optimistic note. Um, So thank you, David, and thanks for sharing your insights with us today. Thanks, James. That's all from us today at Westpac Wire. For more, head to westpacwire.com.au.